Valley of Famine contains mature content and adult language. Check the show notes for specific content warnings. Hello, listeners. Did you know that the Rogue Valley Role Players podcast is an affiliate of BattleBards? BattleBards is an online repository of music, sound effects, and all sorts of other audio goodies that you can use in your own games and shows. Check out their website at BattleBards.com, and don't forget to use our promo code RVRPODCAST when you sign up for a Prime membership. Hello and welcome listeners to the Rogue Valley Roleplayers. My name is Ben, I'm here with Nick, Austin, Ed, and Rosemary, and we're here to play another session of Valley of Famine. Once again, my name is Ben, I am the Marshal tonight, running the show, doing the things, the shindig, all that stuff, and uh, I'm going to stop talking now. Hi, I'm Nick, I play Haru Matsuhara, the samurai who is harrowed and yeah, he's hating that. Also deeply depressed. I think we were going into some major <laughs> mental health issues last time we focused on Haru. Yeah, Haru's really struggling. This is Austin playing Herod Graves, formerly Wine on Beardslay, and he's fully trained in CQC. I'm Ed. I'm playing Daisy Graves, uh, or Dr. Daisy Graves, weird scientist. You know, she does all the shooting of rails and heads, killing and stuff like that. My name is Rosemary, and I play Deputy Rachel Jane Kennedy. She is a Hexlinger. You all return home from the mine collapse and the rescue operation there, um, and probably, for the most part, all like collapse into your beds, exhausted. Um, you did a lot of pretty heavy work while breathing in some some awful fumes uh, and then combat ensued Uh, so um, you wake up the very next day and the temperature has dropped again Uh, there's frost on the ground the sky is overcast and gray with the threat of snow Uh, the weather is definitely threatening the harvest that is not yet quite ready to be brought in and uh, as you start about your days you see people giving nervous glances at the sky and there's maybe a couple of farmers that start doing like an early harvest trying to get what they can in before the weather destroys the crop we pick up haru it's a fairly early morning uh seven o'clock or so uh you find yourself at iron dragon's newest holding a transfer station at the Xinqing spur line uh, it's basically like a, a big roundhouse switch station and a, a repair facility, a secure repair facility for Iron Dragon's locomotives. Okay. Uh, with the spur line complete, thanks to Daisy's, um, what is it called? The rail driver? We're even just calling that the rail gun, too. That was like the, I don't know. We probably, yeah. Rail driver sounds good enough. Uh, at any rate, thanks to that invention, the the spur line has been completed in record time, um, especially considering how long it was taking to get done just using the uh, conventional methods. Uh, but with the resources now flowing along the tracks, the line has kind of become a bit of a hotspot for robberies. Nothing 
quite like what you just went through uh, back during spring and, and early summer. Um, not nearly as organized, but uh, Alan Beaufort has asked you to uh, put in a presence to discourage these activities. Well, that's what I'm going to do then. I'm patrol and keep an eye on things. Yep, you're, uh, you're writing in. Iron Dragon maintains a, a, a supply depot here. Um, a pretty big repair facility. It's kind of split. There's like repair yard for the mundane regular locomotives that run off of conventional coal, off of wood. Um, and then there are the ghost rock locomotives that require um, special attention uh, and are also somewhat proprietary. So there's the regular repair yard uh, and then there's like a bunch of secure repair shops that are overseen by uh, a guy uh, by name of Professor William Howard Templeton, uh, an engineer and purportedly mad scientist. New scientist, as he prefers to call it. And those, like, uh, most of the other locomotives, the regular ones, like, they're just out in the open. People work on them. They fix them. No big deal. The Ghost Rock engines, they go inside uh, a big... Uh, workshop where they're contained. No one can get at them. They're constantly kept under lock and key. Uh, they get all the special Apple-only parts and <laughs> all that. Um, and then also, uh, Professor Templeton maintains his own private workshop where he can tinker on projects for the Iron Dragon uh, in addition to overseeing uh, the repair yards and stuff. Um, so you're riding up to this place on Kuhn. Um, well, actually you're probably disembarking from a train. I imagine you just you took a train out there. You're getting Kuhn off of it so you can go ride the rails. Um, what's, uh, what's, what's Haru's mindset like right now, especially with, uh, the way the weather's going, the frost on the ground? Well, he'd definitely be concerned with the coming cold especially with what happened the last winter. <laughs> um, so he's definitely, I think he's more alert or just cognizant of how other people are treating each other too. Um, he's watching, he's just, I think a lot of people watching, a lot of just seeing if tempers are raising, if people are acting different. Um, but otherwise he's, He's focused on his job. It's what keeps him going. You know, kind of just, if I just keep doing what I need to do, some, you know, it, it's, it distracts him from other thoughts he can be having. Hey, Haru. Yes, Lazarus. So, murder? If we find somebody trying to steal from the trains, then maybe. That's not murder, that's justice. That's the closest thing we're gonna get. Alright. So, yeah, you're making your way through the station, getting ready to kind of ride a patrol along the rails, just keeping an eye out for where there could be good ambush spots that need to be clear-cut and uh, make a report. At this point, you're probably not really gonna try and stop uh, any large group of robbers or bandits unless, you know, you feel confident in your ability to take them all on at once, which is probably reasonable. Um, you you are just on the edge of uh, the the facility, the, the transfer station, when Lazarus kind of goes, hey, you, uh, 
You hear that? Um, notice roll. I'm assuming. Are Are you stopping to listen? Yeah, I'll stop and listen. You You stop and you listen, and you don't really hear anything. Um, but then you kind of you you feel you feel more than hear uh, a sudden hush come over the area. You're still hearing all the sounds of the. Uh, the, the repair yard and people moving and talking and yelling and stuff that repair guys do and, and everything but there's like this this feeling of silence that suddenly presses on your mind and then everything explodes um, go ahead and make an agility roll at negative two and I'm going to look up stats for your horse can horses come back harrowed? no <laughs> Well, they should. Yeah. Especially if they're a good girl. I got a nine. A nine? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, you're probably fine. Go ahead and roll a D8. Five. Minus two be a three, so your horse fails. Time to get the dice. So you're, uh, you're fine. You avoid the damage. Um, how do you avoid taking damage from this explosion? Which way is it coming from? From the center of this uh, transfer station. From the center of the transfer station? As far, it, as, far it, as you can tell. It's coming from behind me then, because I was riding up the rail and the transfer station would be behind me? Yeah, I kind of envisioned like when Lazarus was like, hey, do you hear that? You kind of like paused and wheeled your horse around, so you're facing towards the, the station. Okay, well, I think the blast when it came whooshing at me uh coon got hit and when coon got hit i like at in the same moment was like rocking back off the horse and i just tumbled backwards and then laid flat keeping the blast kind of going over me all right Let's see how coon does oh coon does not do good he's dead 12 13 13 and 6 19 damage to your horse Pretty sure that's enough to incapacitate him. Yeah. <laughs> Toughness at eight. Okay, go ahead and roll your vigor on your horse that you just put away. D8. Three. All right, Coon is dead. No! Uh, there's this explosion that just flattens the station, throws you hard to the ground and there's the howling scream of ghost rock that fills the air you hear your horse give a neighing scream that's then cut off as the the pressures of the explosion relent and you sit back up you're covered in debris so you're pushing shit off of you you see coon lying uh, about 10 feet off from you or so impaled with a piece of debris no building is still standing here. The entire station has been absolutely destroyed, completely flattened. There are bodies everywhere, pieces of bodies. And in the midst of this, floating out of the wreckage, comes uh, something both completely alien and all too familiar. Uh, a locomotive shaped like a dragon, its fanged maw drawn back in a permanent feral snarl ghost rock smoke streams from its nostrils it's the metal is this rotted rusted looking texture you hear this piercing 
soul-searing shriek come from it as the night train floats towards what's left of the rails and settles down. Well, first I approach Kuhn and Neil, putting a hand on on his you know, the nape of his neck or whatever, and just kind of do a quiet prayer to myself before standing up. As you say this prayer, uh, and the, the hellish locomotive orients itself over the tracks, uh, it settles down onto the tracks, and this, this uh, events steam, but the steam comes out as this, this greenish fog that billows out over everything, obscuring most of your, your vision. And then you see flashes of green energy as uh, this, this demon engine begins to draw debris towards it forming uh, freight cars in line behind it, twisting metal into frames and wheels and couplings. And then worse, you see the bodies of the dead start to rise up with, with sharp jerks, dismembered limbs meld back together into the correct places, and you see a legion of dead lumber towards the, the freight train and begin to board it. Kuhn staggers to its feet, and starts to slowly limp and, and trot towards this train. And you even feel a, a tug, a command that you must follow. And you start to take a couple of steps toward the train, and then you feel Lazarus kind of grab your shoulder and pull you back and go, Nuh-uh, not on my watch. Um, I'm going to shoot Kuhn in the head. Okay, go ahead and make that roll. a five. What's a... Minus four for the headshot. It's bend a bending on a horse. Yep. Nope, it's not happening. I'm wanting to take him out to not have him go through that, but... Uh, yeah. You stand there. You take a, uh, a shot. It goes wide. And you, you just you kind of stand there and watch as the dead board this train, and then with another piercing whistle, uh, like like a scream, the night train starts chugging down the tracks towards Xincheng. Meanwhile. What's everyone else up to in uh, Jacksonville, where uh, it's there's frost on the ground? It's kind of little little worrisome. It's not the end of the world, but you know how this went down last year. You know what's up. Well, I'm working on a project. I got the farmers because you know there's there's this frost coming, and they know I can make weird inventions. So a couple of them come together and have tasked me to trying to find a way to keep their crops warm through ghost rock. So you're probably hearing a lot of whistles and explosion as I'm trying to invent smudge pots, which hadn't been invented yet. I did just look that up. <laughs> like, had someone invented smudge pots or ghost rock smudge pots? But something like that concept, I really don't, like, I'm just trying to look what will warm up plants. For the audience and for Austin, what is a smudge pot? Oh, here in the Rogue Valley, we are known for growing pears. And, you know, we have a frost season, so they have these wonderful little oil-burning pots that... 
warm up the pears when it gets like or the pear trees and orchards and so I'm trying to invent one of those but like right now it's explosions and screeching and there's probably some burned trees like you know in the back of my property where I'm trying to see if I can warm them up yeah I also picture that Daisy keeps forgetting and spitting her tobacco into the smudge pot that's probably making it work probably it's it's ghost rock fueled tobacco yes you're doing that I think I'm at the tailor if they're open this early. Okay. I'm getting winter clothes because this frost is here now. And I think when Rachel woke up this morning and saw it, she was like, oh, better get out my like winter coat and stuff. And it's just looking a little faded, a little tattered. So, Are you looking to get something that's like custom made? Or are you going to like the general store and being like, give me something that's fucking warm? I mean, I do have like $4,000. You do. So I think I want to get something custom made. All right. So yeah, you're getting like fitted. Yeah. Uh, maybe describing kind of what kind of look you want. Um, what is Herod up to? Um, I think that he's been busy since the incident in the mine, uh, basically documenting everything he can about the strange creatures that they ran into. Okay. Um, and he's he's sent off like multiple reports to the to the agency on that and other strange things that he and the and uh, the crew have encountered in the past. So there's like a there's a mark in there about the um, the harrowed um, gunslinger that that managed to escape that we never saw again mm-hmm. um, and kind of a physical description and all that um, another thing you're probably keeping up on is uh, you were trying I remember you were trying to track um, some of the cultists that may have gotten away from Reverend Price's uh, revival tent yep that too that's one of his many uh, like he's got almost like a poster board up in his in room mm-hmm. where he's just got like issue after issue with like notes and newspaper clippings and things underneath them so you're you're all doing these various things when uh, you all hear a distant booming explosion uh, and you even kind of feel the the ground rumble a little bit uh, and when you kind of look outside or rush outside you can see off on the horizon this skull-shaped mushroom cloud blossoming up where you know the uh, iron dragon transfer station for the Zinchang spur line is located. And Rachel, you probably knew that uh, Haru was supposed to be over there this morning. I think Rachel's so concerned that she uh, she's so concerned that she swings up on Oakley and she leaves her duster behind in the tailor. Oh. Yeah. She just goes like riding off towards the explosion. Okay. You start to ride off. It is a fair distance. But uh, you start writing off. What is uh, what? What are you, the two of you doing, Harrod and Daisy? Um, hearing the explosion and kind of feeling the whole end shake, uh, Harrod rushes over to his window and peers out and just catches like a glimpse of the strange green shape kind of fading in the air, um, and obviously finds that like necessary to go check out so he will get his extremely expensive horse and start riding in that direction (laughs) you start uh saddle getting getting buck ready saddled and and that stuff daisy what are you doing well realizing that that wasn't one of my explosions uh and i look up and see the big green skull Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's time to uh let johnson know yep hey did you see that explosion i didn't make it and uh well i think it's time to go meet up with the others all right what uh, form of conveyance are you taking? Cordelia. Are you sure? 
Yeah. Why? Are you sure you don't want to take the airship? Oh, I probably should take the airship. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I'll probably get the airship ready. So, yeah, uh, Rachel, and you're like halfway there. She's like, you know, galloping towards the explosion. Yeah, maybe you're not halfway there. You're like out of town uh, on your way there. Herod, you're just starting to, to lead uh, Buck out of the stables when you see the Thalos Zephyr like warming up and start to lift off the ground. Okay, I think, you know, so Herod is terrible at riding horses. This is not one of his skills. Oh, we know. So uh, <laughs> he is going to he's gonna actually like quickly try to loop Buck's um, reins around like a post and not tie it correctly. Mm-hmm. And then rush off on foot trying to make it to the airship before Daisy takes off. Oh, man. Two horses in one session. Coon's dead. Buck's stolen. No, you uh, you tie, you loosely tie Buck off um, on like a nearby post that's there for that purpose. Uh, and you take off running for the Zephyr? Mm-hmm. Okay. You run up and uh, you see Daisy's getting, starting to do her pre-flight, uh, a real quick pre-flight check for the, the Zephyr. Is the boarding ramp still down while you're doing this? Yeah, I would think so. Okay, so you... I'm kind of expecting these two to... Okay, yeah. So... Herod shows up, but uh, you you have no idea where Rachel is. Um, you're all friends. You all talk. You probably know where her was supposed to be. <laughs> you you communicate with each other, right? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, at least once a week. Oh, I mean, like, like I would have gotten the orders probably the you know day or two before, and I would have been like, oh, hey, Rachel, I'm going to be over at the way station and tell them to. I think uh, being in a smaller town like this has kind of put put um herod on edge and so he tends to like over check with everyone <laughs> like he he should probably get a job or something but instead he's just like going around very paranoid making sure he knows everything that's happening in town and where everyone is rachel never shows up so you kind of figure like oh she probably just jumped on her horse and rode out of town <laughs> like rachel does and you start, you, you, you get the, the Zephyr airborne, you're flying out, and you're a little bit outside of Jacksonville when you, you can see Rachel uh, riding at breakneck speed on her horse uh, from the air. Kennedy! I like think to myself as I'm like, you know, pushing Oakley to go faster, like, oh, it would have been better to go to the airship. Also, for some reason, in your head, Rachel, you hear, dun 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 uh, what what are you doing up in the airship? Or? Uh, well, let's lower in and like you know pass her a bit and like have her see us like lower down on the path. And okay, you you overtake her and get ahead enough that you can land without crushing Rachel and her yeah. horse. Thank you, I appreciate that. Uh, Rachel, you ride up to the the Zephyr. Is it like where you like kind of hover down and like drop like a back ramp so Rachel can just like gallop onto the Zephyr? I don't think your horse is gonna fit on the Zephyr. How how big is it? Haven't we had horses on it before? Like, no, a crew you of like haven't. sixteen or ten, I think. Eight crew. All right, uh, just so we can move on, you get Oakley on the airship. I ride her onto the airship like a badass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you try to ride Oakley onto the airship like a badass, then you bang your head on the door threshold. Like how? Oh, fuck. Hope no one saw that. Everyone saw it. <laughs> Haru felt that. Like, <laughs> Wynon's in the belly gun trying to mess around with things. 
you're uh, Daisy's in in the cockpit, and you hear the the sound of the horse's hooves on metal, cloppity cloppity cloppity, and then you hear a resounding dung, <laughs> and you hear Rachel just start cursing up a storm, and you know exactly what happened. <laughs> That's what I get for trying to be badass. Uh, yeah, once I get onto the ship, I will secure Oakley somewhere. Okay, so you take off, you start heading towards the transfer station. And we're going to cut back to Haru. You're standing there. The train has chugged off and is disappearing out of sight. You can still see the plume of greenish-black smoke coming from the beast. Are there absolutely no survivors in the area? Are you searching? I'm going to... Yeah, because I'm not going to be able to keep up with the train. And it's a long way back to Medford, Jacksonville. I'm going to do what I can while I'm here, see if there's any survivors, and then I'm going to do my thing. All right. Um, You start searching around. There are no survivors. Uh, You're pretty sure you saw the entirety of the transfer station's complimented personnel rise from the dead and board this train. Uh, So you're about to uh, give up the search and either start walking back to Medford or walking after this thing when uh, you hear a sputtering cough and a moan and uh, you see someone try to push themselves up from underneath a pile of debris that got left behind. I go over and start trying to help him up. It's uh, Professor William Howard Templeton. Uh, he looks pretty badly wounded, and he's bleeding. He's got uh, some pieces of debris uh, impaled in him. Not uh, not life-threatening, but also, you know, not not great. And, yeah, he sputters and, and demands, What happened? Where is everyone? What's going on? Professor Templeton, there was a, uh explosion. Took out most of the, uh, if not all, of the uh, way station here. Um, and it seems to have been caused by a very evil version of your science. Uh, now, now, that is a subjective statement. <laughs> uh, science is not evil, but it can be misused. What do you, what do you mean? Well, it, it seems to be caused by an evil train, possessed by the devil. Uh, just uh, he, he starts to look a little bit nervous, and he says, Des- "Describe this." And, and Haru goes into the best detail he can, describing it. You know, dragon maw, rusted metal. God damn it! My project is loose. We've got to catch it. Your pro- pro- look. Stop standing there. You're going to break something. Go get a train. Uh, ready, and we've we've got to catch up with it. I want you to stop right there, Mister uh, Professor Templeton, and look around. Where is the train? Oh God, damn it! It destroyed everything. It, yes, I, I did make that abundantly clear. Well, I figured you were overreacting. I'm very heavily injured. I I did not necessarily notice right off the bat. Also, we need to catch my my project. Oh, of that we are certain, because it is it it has risen the. Uh, the bodies of all the people here. What? We are the only two who survived. Yes, we... In the name of science, we have to catch it. I prefer to think in the all that is good, we have to catch it. Yes, yes, yes. We need we need, we need, need to, to get it and, and, and contain it. Or destroy it. Mm. He gives you a gas look. 
Good heavens, man. What kind of barbarian are you? No, we cannot destroy it. This is science. And also, it's like my personal project I've been working very hard on for quite some time. We must regain control over the contraption, which I can do. If you can get me to the cab, I can regain control of the beast. The thing. The train. (laughs) I'll get right on it. As soon as I find a way of getting to it. Good, good. I'm, um, I'm going to sit over there. Not, not to seem useless, but I really, really hurt. And I'm just going to sit down for for like a minute, if that's all right. Let me help you over there. Thanks. I like this professor guy. <laughs> um. Yeah. As you're. Helping the pr- Professor Templeton hobble over uh, to somewhere where he can sit down. Uh, that's when you hear the uh, familiar, happily familiar sounds of the, the propellers of the Thalos Ephir. Oh, thank God. Daisy can destroy it in a heartbeat and he wouldn't even be able to stop her. <laughs> literally, Haru's thought is literally just blow it up. Blow it up. Um, so yeah, you see the Thalos Zephyr. All of you who are on the airship, you, you see the absolute destruction of the uh, the transfer station uh, or switch station, whatever you want to call it. This place has just been flattened. Uh, you see the twisted carcasses of what were once locomotives that have now just been completely destroyed. There's wood debris all over the place. You don't see a heck of a lot of movement. In fact, the only movement you see is uh, two people on the ground that you quickly recognize as Haru and some other dude. Oh, thank God. Haru looks okay. Figures he'd be the only one to survive this. Who is that other man? I don't recognize him. We find a nice wide open spot in this nice wide open spot. Yeah, there's pl- <laughs> there, 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 it's been flattened. There's plenty of wide open spaces now. So you land the Zephyr, no problem. I'm staying near Professor Templeton to kind of just keep him conscious. Yeah, he, uh, he struggles to his feet, uh, kind of puffs and, and groans a bit. Uh, probably starts bleeding again, um, and and is like ah that will catch us up to the beast the train, the thing yes that no never mind my words I'm hurt. I think Rachel will um, disembark and start you know just making her way through this debris towards where you are. Okay, hot when you make your way over there, Haru goes. You have no idea what just happened. <laughs> are you okay? No. No, I'm not. Uh, Pro- Professor Templeton. Yes, pleased to meet you. Uh, does anyone have a medical kit? There's a doctor on the airship. Great. That can see to you. I'm going right over there. Bye. <laughs> Do you remember the train that came into town about a year ago? Oh, that train? Yeah, one, well, one very much like it that apparently our illustrious professor here was building in this station. Rachel looks at the professor who's staggering towards the airship and then looks at you and kind of gives you an incredulous look. Yeah, we're going to blow it up. I don't care what he says. Oh, okay, good. I'm glad we're on the same page. No, we're going to recapture it. (laughs) Yes, we will recapture it. Right. She says, like, <laughs> of the Emperor's new group. 
Right. right. <laughs> she does the. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Daisy, uh, some guy, some very injured guy is getting on your airship. I'm okay. sorry. I'm like, oh, he must be Haru's friend. Um, I saw you down there with him. Yes. Yes. Friend. Hmm. Ah, uh, colleague. Well, not even that, really. We're in completely different departments. You look hurt. You should sit down. I am hurt. I would like to sit down. Thank you. Let me try to take care of you. I'll go and I'll get my gloves, my gauntlets. So. <laughs> <laughs> Bend over. Uh, I, I don't need a suppository. The wounds are, are, are here and, and here. Like, no, this is Lemurian healing technology. Then I will try. Uh, I'm sorry you want to run that one by me again? <laughs> Lemurian healing technology. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And then... <laughs> Haru and Rachel, come on, pats his shoulder. It's that science. is a eight. All right, he is healed of both wounds. Remarkable, amazing. I feel completely healed. I am completely healed. That's the power of the Lumerian science. That, that, that is some good science. Matsuhara, uh, Haru, uh, what is the nature of this threat? I saw some sort of green explosion. A, to put it simply, a... Looks over at Professor Templeton. Very evil train. It's not an evil train. It's just a train fueled by Ghost Rock science. There was uh, a failure in the containment field and an explosion uh, which leveled uh, the entire facility. Be silent. I asked Haru. Shut up. Haru, what does the train look like? What, how is it armed? How is it evil? What do you mean? <laughs> well, I never. It's got the the grimacing face of a dragon that seems to be breathing green smoke. That um, yes, Iron Dragon does like their 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 dragon motifs. It's because dragons are sacred, and you've perverted it. Anyway, <laughs> dragon sacred. <laughs> How old is this professor? Is he like nineteen? <laughs> 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 Oh, I broke bed. <laughs> 19 might be generous. <laughs> I was envisioning like in his, his late 50s or 60s, early 60s. I'm laughing now because you're laughing. <laughs> the smoke that it billows seems to have the power, though, to raise the dead. Rachel looks very concerned at this. Everybody who died, other well, who died, was called to the train. Yep, nope, not dead. Everybody dead was called towards the train. Luckily, the professor and I managed to not board the train. Hey, Haru. Yes. You know the trail. Everybody says hi. <laughs> Thank you. Um, Herod would like to do an occult roll to see if he knows anything about this. Sure, kind of yeah. Thing. <laughs> no. 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 Nope, you know nothing about this. I've never heard of anything like this, but it sounds like we need to contain it. We should catch up to it as soon as quickly. As, as soon as possible. <laughs> as soon as quickly. We need to move more quicklier. <laughs> We need to move to contain this as soon as possible. Yes, yes, I can shut it down. We just have to get me to the cab. Or, you know, if we can't, 
There is Plan B. No, there is no Plan B. We we did this is. I got steam gatlins. Yeah, Rachel's just like. Plan blow it up. Pointing over at Daisy and just being like, mimicking an explosion. No, that is unacceptable. This is a a a very expensive investment of Iron Dragon's money and my time. It must be contained so I can work out what went wrong, and and. Every, every second you speak, sir, is a waste of my time. Shut up and stay quiet. Sit there in the corner. I will not sit there pro- in the corner. Pro- professor, We've got professor, to get pro- airborne. We professor, get going. Professor, we will get airborne. How about while we're uh, airborne and making our way towards your machine, you take a lovely tour of the airship. Look around at the science that our first lady of Jacksonville has provided for us. To there's, there's no time for that. Maybe after we've contained the thing. Please step out for a moment, sir. Look, either you contain it or we'll contain it, but either way, this thing's going to be contained. We can let you have your shot. I'm willing to. All right, all right. So long as you let me try and and, and contain the beast. But if you can't, plan B. Then, then then very well. That is acceptable. So long as you you give let me try. I can live with that. Yeah, I'm gonna. You got it. You you have a restroom on board this thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I just imagined a old timey lavatory, you know, Wild West, but on an airship. I'm just imagining like it's a outhouse that just has a tube oh, that goes right out the yep. out That's the exactly. side. As he leaves for it, um, Harrod says, "Try not to bring the toilet to life. We have enough problems." As soon as the professor leaves the room. <laughs> Rachel's going to turn to Daisy and be like, so we're blowing the train up, right? That's the plan? Absolutely. I've learned how to man the guns. Come, uh, Rachel. I'll show show you all the levers. Daisy won't let me near the guns. 100% Haru's on board with just blowing this thing up. (laughs) And the reason why he asked Professor Templeton to leave the room is because Lazarus is the only thing that stopped me from getting on board this train. You're welcome. That's concerning. If we get closer, do you think... I don't know, and I don't want to know. Because if he has a way of shutting it down, you know, I'd, but yeah, you know we're going to blow it up. At this point, I don't care about Iron Dragon's money. <laughs> oh, we're going to blow this train up. I like explosions. In this instance, so do I. Shame about your horse, though. Oof. Ow. Rachel sees this, like, you, you sad gonna, look. You gonna tell him about that? That that seems like that might be a little bit important that uh, y'all might have to fight your undead horse. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm putting salt in the wounds. Yeah, that was, that was kind of shitty of me. I apologize. Also, maybe all the people you worked with. <laughs> <laughs> Lazarus is more empathetic about animals. <laughs> Coon died in the explosion. Aww. And got up and joined the horde of undead on the train. Uh-huh. Maybe now you wish you'd left your horse behind, huh? I'm going to go check on Oakley. Be right back. Well, all right. Let's get flying, huh? Deadlands and Savage Worlds are the property of Pinnacle Entertainment Group. All content is used unofficially under the Savage Media Network license. Find more of their great products at peginc.com. 
Sound effects are by Plate Mail Games and BattleBards. Music by the Eaglestone Collective. You can find links to all of the above in the show description. As always, thank you for joining us for this episode. Please consider leaving a five-star review on iTunes or wherever else you listen, and don't hesitate to contact us via rvrpodcast at gmail.com, at rvrpodcast on Twitter, or join us on our Discord server. We'd love to hear from y'all. Thanks again, and we'll catch you next time.